Welcome to RPO Podcast. We are the apex of football media, sponsored as always by Inside the Hashes Network. I'm your host, Ryan Roberts. Joining me as always are fellow analysts, Alan Hollowell and Ray Roberts. You can follow me on Twitter at madstork 44 and follow Alan as well at Alan P. Hollowell. Big shout out to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting and our producer, Tyler Brando. He's been great. It's been awesome just being in this studio and being able to work with him. If you are listening, before you do anything, before we start talking here and really getting into it, follow us on Twitter, Inside Hashes, Instagram at Inside the Hashes, and we have a sports talk group on Facebook called Inside the Hashes Sports Talk. Send me a request. I'll approve it. You'll get in there. It's great stuff. Uh, we have a lot of controversy, especially this week. You know, there's a lot of Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers going on in there right now. A lot of Antonio Brown versus Julio Jones. It's a lot of good talk. Come join. We love to hear it. But before we talk football, before we get down to the gritty, I want to ask Ray a couple questions. Two questions to be exact. Ready? So number one, who do you consider to being the best musical group of all time? You already know the answer. I, I need you to tell the fans. The Beatles. Okay, so the Beatles are, without question in your mind, the best musical group of all time. Am I correct? Everything else follows that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right, second question. What is your opinion on the musical artist Drake? I have no idea. What do you mean? You don't know him? I know who he is. I don't know anything he does. Okay, well, let me tell you well, what he does. Right, you can't have a valid point of who's the greatest of all time if you don't know the modern age. I know two things. Hip-hop is flip-flop and rap is crap, okay? <laughs> and I know that. <laughs> well, let me educate you real quick on something that Drake just accomplished. Drake's new album, Scorpion, now has seven top ten hits on the Billboard Top Ten which surpasses a band you might know that you just said, um, the Beatles, Yellow Submarine with six. So now Drake apparently is better than the Beatles. So I, I really want to, Ray, I just want to hear your hot take on that about Drake surpassing the Beatles. If it's not played with an instrument, it's not music for one, okay? <laughs> so you can't compare that to that. And again, again, they followed the Beatles like everybody else. Thanks. You should give respect to Drake. He owns the Raptors, I think, or something. I respect the fact that somebody pays him money to do that. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I just really wanted your opinion on it. It was awesome when I heard it. I was like, I need to bring this up. <laughs> it, was, it was great. The Beatles are now longer immortal. Yellow, Yellow Submarine is only number two. They haven't done anything in 50 years, and you're still talking about them. Sounds a little more than me, dude. All right. Well, let's move on to football because nobody wants to hear about Ray's terrible taste in music. <laughs> We're the best as I say it. <laughs> and one thing about the NFL, you forgot about Shady McCoy possibly going to jail. Uh, well, that's, that's for a different, different podcast. That's for a different podcast team. That is not us at all. Okay. Uh, man, that was quite a segue there. Anyway, <laughs> all right. So <laughs> in order to find the best player in college football, we've been doing brackets the last two weeks. We did the ACC. We did the Big Ten. In back-to-back -back weeks, a defensive end won it for us. The first week, you know, if you want to hear my reactions about Zach Allen, you can go listen to our podcast last week. I don't have to revisit that issue anymore. Then the Big Ten was won by Nick Bosa, which was, I think, a pretty big no-brainer for everyone. Now, we're moving on to a conference this week that is historically an offensive conference. So we might see a quarterback or two. We might see some wide receivers. We might see some running backs. It's safe to say that the Big 12 is very offensive. 
Now, Alan, I want to ask you, what should these viewers, these listeners expect as we dive into the Big 12? Is it as weak defensively as we would picture it to be? Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. I uh, was actually watching some more of these guys' highlight films today on defense, some of the big names in the Big 12. I just I don't see it. They seem to put their best athletes on offense. You know, it's a basketball game. They're not real good defensively. To follow up, Alan, so would you say that it's more that the offense is just so pristine and so top-notch, or is it just the fact that the defense is just lacking? I would say the the depth on the defense is, is lacking. The offense, they obviously do put their better players, better athletes on offense, so I think it's a little bit of that. Then again, I think if some of these offenses lined up against Alabama, they would We'll get manhandled a good bit. But, yes, to answer your question, I think the top offenses are really good offensively, though. Your Oklahomas, your West Virginias, these are good as they get in the nation. Mm -hmm. And last week with the Big Ten, Ray made the list, and he made the list again this week for the Big 12. So, Ray, a question for you before we begin. Who were a couple guys that you think just missed a list that you think are worthy just to talk about? You know, I'm just going to give you a couple of them. And one is Colin Johnson from Texas, wide receiver. Big physical kid, good good playmaker, good football player. Another one is Marquise Brown, another wide receiver, just to follow what we were just talking about, about offense. Mm-hmm. Kid from Oklahoma. The one kid I like on defense is Joe Deneen. I think he has a little bit of versatility. Can play a little inside, a little outside. Pretty solid athlete with decent size. Well, Joe Deneen was a former safety who's just got kept getting bigger. It's hard to put a Kansas guy on the list of top Big 12 players, though, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. I like him. You know, I, I've seen, I don't see Kansas a lot, but when I see him, he stands out. I mean, there's always the question of, is he just the best player on a bad team? It could make your player obviously look a little better than they are, but I do really like Joe Deneen. When we did our little linebacker NFL draft breakdown, he was a guy that I listed as a guy just to watch. I think that, you know, he's a good athlete. He p- makes plays sideline to sideline. I do think that stats can be inflated for a guy that plays on a lackluster team like Kansas, as it states. Again, but talk, not talking about a defensive conference, but if you watch their defensive play, he, he stands out. Well, we're going to get into the Big 12 now. If you've tuned in, we do the top eight seeds. And so obviously one number one seed would start off against number eight. And we have a matchup where we're going to see Will Greer, the quarterback for West Virginia's number one seed versus number eight seed, Dakota Allen, linebacker from Texas Tech. Little side note on Dakota Allen. He was on the second season, I believe, of last chance U at East Mississippi Community College. Really good player. He was at Texas Tech, got in some trouble, went to East Mississippi. Now he's back at Texas Tech, had a great, great year last year, and he's I think he's trending upward. Allen, I'm going to let you begin. It's an offensive conference. Do you have the quarterback over the linebacker from Texas Tech? I do. Uh, Will Greer, one of the better college quarterbacks coming into this season. Dakota Allen, good athlete. Would not consider him a great athlete. Good athlete. Feel a little sorry for him after hearing his full story. Pretty solid player. One of the better defensive players in the conference, in a weak defensive conference. But I'm going to go Will Greer, West Virginia here. Ray, who would you have? Well, I'm going to go Will, Will Greer. I mean, I've rated him number one in the conference, the number one player in the conference. And, again, he plays that position where he'll get drafted high. So, mm-hmm. Well, I would have picked Will Greer, too, so we're not going to prolong the, the inevitable here. 
Will Greer will move on from Dakota Allen. But Allen, I want to ask you real quick. How do you think Will Greer stacks up as far as the big-name quarterbacks out there? You said he's one of the best. Where do you think he stacks up against guys like Justin Herbert and Drew Locke and those kind of guys? Uh, I would probably say somewhere to two to three in the country as, as the best. Mm-hmm. I, I still have Herbert number one. I mean, looking at his stats and his physical size, Will Greer is obviously good. You know, He's a good quarterback in a, in a bad quarterback class. Still probably going to be a a first-round, maybe a late first-round pick. I like him, but he has a lot of talent around him. That's a really good offense. And, Ray, what do you think? Do you think – let's just throw Justin Herbert out there for a second because we know – I think it's pretty consensus that we think Justin Herbert is probably the best quarterback. Will Greer versus Drew Locke, who would you take? I would take Greer. Why? I just like his arm talent better. Okay. I think he's a better pure passer, that's all. Accuracy thing. And we're going to keep talking about him because he moves on to the next rounds. With our two versus seven matchup, we do have another West Virginia Mountaineer, David Sills, as the number two seed wide receiver. Fascinating story. Recruited originally by USC as a quarterback, then decommitted his senior year. He was recruited since he was like a seventh grader or something to USC. Then he ends up going to West Virginia as a quarterback. They move him to wide receiver. He wants to play quarterback. He goes off to junior college for a year, comes back to West Virginia to play wide receiver again, and last year he led the nation with 18 touchdown catches. And he's going to be facing off against, I know a guy that Ray really likes a lot, Justice Hill, the running back from Oklahoma State. So I'm going to throw it to Ray first. Justice Hill or David Sills, your pick? I'm going to go Sills. Again, I rated him as a higher player. I really like Sills. I like his versatility. He's tall. He's lanky. He can go up and get the ball. I mean, he doesn't have great speed, but he has solid speed. I'm going to go Sills. Again, you know I like Justin Hill a lot. He's a good, versatile running back. But he is probably more than likely more than likely slated to be like a third down back, a mix of the guys, where I think David Sills has enough talent to be one of the top you know, wide receivers drafted. And I think he's a, he'll be a number one or number two in the NFL. Well, I'm going to take it here before you, Alan, because I want to put a little pressure on you. I just want to see what you really think, okay? So I'm going to take Justice Hill here. So who are you going to take, David Sills or Justice Hill? Do we have our first upset of the week? We do not. I'm going to go David Steels. I think he led the NCAA of receiver and touchdown catches last year. I hate to go with a receiver over a back because I'm a run game guy, but he's just a better football player right now. Yep, and you were correct. 18 touchdown catches last year, first full year as a wide receiver, um, as a starter. I just wanted to see what you guys thought about that. But we have the number one seed and number two seed who both play on the same team, a part of the same passing game. Allen, is there a better one-two duo in the country as far as quarterbacks and wide receivers? I don't think so. I think that's the best, and I think that's the one thing that maybe scares me a little bit with Will Greer because he was pretty good at Florida but didn't light it up, and then he goes to West Virginia, and he's got all these great wide receivers around him. Um, That does, does scare me a little bit. He does. He has Gary Jennings, too, who's a very solid football player that he throws the ball to also. So Gary Jennings actually led the team in receptions. Correct. Yes, 94, I believe. Correct. So we have David Sills moving on. So the West Virginia tandem at quarterback and wide receiver move on. They could be a tough pair to beat. Uh, maybe they'll match up eventually. Who knows? We have a three-verse-six here of the running backs. Okay, My f- personal favorite, maybe my favorite running back in all of college football David Montgomery from Iowa State, he's a tough physical runner. Uh, he 
catches the ball well, you know, 220 pound back. And he's going to face off against another kid who had a dynamite season last year for Oklahoma, really came on the end of the year. He's got good hands himself. He does a little of everything. That's Rodney Anderson. And I'm going to start off the vote here. We haven't picked an underdog yet. And I'm not going to help that happen here either because I'm going to take David Montgomery. I think he's the best running back that people maybe don't talk about. And he's going to be a junior this year, so he's going to be eligible for the draft. And I think he might be a guy that's going to sneak up some boards. So, Alan, is Ray going to get a vote here, or are you going to take my guy Montgomery as well? I like Rodney Anderson from Oklahoma. I think they underutilized him a little bit at Oklahoma, you know, watching their offensive plays this year. He's a good, solid player. But David Montgomery is probably the second best back to me in the NCAA. Maybe the third best, but he's he's pretty close to elite of uh, breaking tackles. So I'm going to go David Montgomery, Iowa State. And I'm excited just to see Anderson in a year where he has a full workload. You didn't know who the starting tailback was last year. You thought maybe it was the other running back Adams that they had. But then Rodney Anderson by the end of the year was easily the bell cow of the group. One concern I have with Rodney Anderson, if you watch him, he does the prototypical Oklahoma run. He runs high. Yes. And, you know, you know the Adrian Petersons and the Chris Johnson, some of the guys that have come out of there, they run high. And mm. um, that, that concerns me with his health going forward. DeMarco Murray's another guy that runs – he's a little one-cut back that's a little high in his cut. I get what you're saying. I mean, it has translated, though, in short spurts in the NFL. I mean, obviously, Adrian Peterson's one of the best we, I've seen anyway. Um, uh-huh. And then we have, you know, DeMarco there for a few years was a very quality back. It, it works for him. The thing with Adrian Peterson, though, is he looked – he was he ran high, but he was almost looking to hit you. So he wanted to run high because he wanted to drop his shoulder in your chest. Well, that might you be why I mean? he was so injury-prone through most yeah, of his year. That's part of it. Though. But just for – I would take David Montgomery, too. Again, I have him rated – I actually think he's easily the best running back in this conference. So, And, Ray, question for you, though. When you made this list, did you think that you would have this many running backs in what's traditionally a passing league? I'd be honest with you, I tried to do everything I could not to take so many school players, but that's everything I saw, really, to be honest with you. Well, we have David Montgomery moving on to the next round, three seed. One, two, and three have advanced. Let's see what we have for the four versus five. With the number four, we have one of the... What's it, two defensive players? Did you just have two defensive players in here? Yep, yeah. only two. So we have Ben Benaga, who is a defensive end from TCU. He's a really athletic guy. He had a really breakthrough season last year. And we have the only offensive lineman in the bracket here. We have Mr. Dalton Risner, who, I mean, right now he plays right tackle for Kansas State. He's had experience at center as well. And mo- many, a lot of people already are pegging him as the top center in next year's draft. I'm going to start here with myself again because I want an upset here because I love Dalton Risner. I think that he is that guy that, you know, you could play him a guard. You could play him at center at the next level. You could probably even, you could probably even last at right tackle. But I'm going to take Dalton Risner off of pure versatility. He has great feet. He's been a, f- a four-year starter. He's played multiple positions. I think that he has everything that it takes to be a big-time player. Ray, Dalton Risner or Ben Benaga? This is really hard. I really like Ben, ben Benaga. I just think that maybe, like you guys were saying earlier, he's like one of the players on a, a not a great defense who just kind of stands out. And I love Dalton Risner's versatility. I'm going to go with the offensive lineman. 
Well, Alan, you don't really have a, a pick in the situation, but what do you think? What do you, what were you thinking? What would you have taken? Well, I would take a versatile, nasty old lineman before I would a, a guy that I think is purely a pass rusher. I do have a little bit of concern because his wingspan, he's, he's 6'3", which is not short, but he doesn't look like he's got this 6'6 wingspan. So that would concern me, you know, may, maybe moving forward, going to the NFL. So I would definitely go Dalton Risner there. All right, well – we have our first upset of the bracket so far, and Mr. Dalton Risner, the center offensive tackle from Kansas State, is going to face off with our number one seed in the next round. That is Will Greer. So, Alan, I'm going to start you here. Do you have Mr. Will Greer, or do you have the guy that protects him? I have Will Greer. I think Dalton's good. He's not great right now. Will Greer, you could say, is maybe great. Probably the second-best quarterback coming into college football this year. I think Dalton's Probably not a top five overall offensive lineman. I could be wrong there. So I'm going to go Will Greer. Ray, what do you say? I'm going to go quarterback, too. I'm going to take Will Greer. I think, like Alan said, he's one of the top two or three quarterbacks in the country. And I think, again, he's maybe the best pure passer of the guys that we're talking about in the top two or three. He does have a very – I want to say arm talent, but arm talent's so overused. He just has, like, an elastic arm. It's yeah. so strange. He just throws from different angles, different – postures it's it's the thing you have to do with the next level though because you're never i mean as an nfl quarterback you almost never throw from a clean pocket maybe maybe at the time probably not even well for the record i would have taken will greer as well i I love dalton i would have loved an upset there over the number one seed but will greer is a good player i think that he's going to end up being in that first round conversation after another really good year people are good you can't teach well i'll rephrase this Two things that quarterbacks need are timing and accuracy, and Will Greer has them both in volumes. I mean, he had a 64% of completion percentage. I mean, he throws the ball a lot. And he throws the ball a lot. So that's pretty good. Exactly. Ray does. Ray's clip notes today are on point. (laughs) (laughs) Ray's been in uh, collegefootballreference.com a lot lately, I see. (laughs) Does he know how to use his computer at home? I can never get on for a meeting. (laughs) As long as it's not getting signed on to Skype, I think he's okay. I remember my wife kind of controls a lot of that stuff, so all of the signings has her information, and I don't know it all. You know, yeah, she definitely runs the household. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no comeback. There, Alan. Hey, hey, it's always dinners on the table at five thirty. I'm good. Okay, <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> all right. Well, let's see who's going to face off against Mister Will Greer. We have David Sills, number two seed from West Virginia, against the number three seed, David Montgomery. I'm going to start with myself again because we haven't seen an upset. And it's not that I'm rooting for an upset. I just love David Montgomery. <laughs> I just really do. And I'm I'm going to set the table here. David Montgomery, Alan, I want to hear your opinion. Which David is going to move on? Well, we're talking about David Montgomery being the second or third best back. I think David Stills is the best receiver. I do. I just, you know, his production, all those touchdowns. I'm going to go David Steele's wide receiver, West Virginia. Probably the best receiver in the country. All right. Well, I just asked it to Allen. Ray, I'm going to move it to you now. Who, Which David moves on? I like both of these. Look at your clip notes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take Stills. Uh... I have to. I mean, I love David Montgomery. I just wonder who will be the earlier pick. 
that's hard because receivers aren't always high picks either. So. Running, running backs tend to drop nowadays. Yeah, though. but they, yeah, running back is in one position. It's like linebacker. They're almost an afterthought. Well, we'll get somebody in the fourth round, maybe, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, and you know what? A lot of the times they're right. Them third and fourth round guys are gems. I mean, don't you guys see David Stills as like a late one? I mean, a touchdown catching. Yeah, early two. Yeah. I'm curious to see how he tests. He's a former quarterback. I want to see how athletic he really is. I do love the body control. I love the I mean he I mean the easy comparison is Jordy Nelson. It's a little bit of a lazy comparison, but he does some of the similar things. He has that back shoulder fade, great body control. He's a touchdown machine. Um so I'm I'm really curious to see what he runs because I think Jordy Nelson was only like a he ran the four fives and Jordy Nelson was only like a second round pick too. And I think that's a decent comparison as far as body wise anyway. Of course, my Tennessee Titans took a Mac receiver that was injured in the top five picks, so you never know. Are you talking about Corey Davis? Yes. Uh, Corey Davis um, is going to be nice. He's going to be nice. Yeah, he's going to be a stud. Uh-huh. The inevitable happened. I figured this was going to happen, but we have a matchup of West Virginia. Allen, I mean, West Virginia has to win the conference if they have the top two players in all of the Big 12, right? I think they probably will win the conference this year if they stay healthy. Mm. Well, who would you take, David Sills or Will Greer? Who's the moneymaker for you? Stills led the led the nation in touchdown catches. I think he's a good athlete. I mean, he was offered like in middle school to USC, top production. I think he's the best receiver in the draft. I think everyone's getting caught up with the kid from Ole Miss a little bit by looks. So I'm going to go David Stills, wide receiver. All right, well, I'm going to get the vote here, so I put all the pressure on Ray. I'm going to go Will Greer just to make it an even playing field. So, question, David Sills, wide receiver, former quarterback, or do we have his actual quarterback, Will Greer, the Florida transfer? I'm taking the quarterback. Will Greer it is? I'm going to go with the guy that I think he'll be, he'll be a first-round pick. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it may be middle to late, but he'll be a first-round pick, and I'll take him over to wide receiver. Craziest stat. Well, second craziest stat, quarterback-wise, high school football. Allen, guess how many touchdowns Will Greer threw as a senior? Uh, I'm going to say 60. 77. Wow. He threw 77 touchdowns. Guess who the national leader is? This is another quarterback that has done a lot of good things in college. Guess who a, a quarterback in college football right now that threw 91 touchdowns in one year in high school as a senior? Tua. No, not Tua. I'll give you a guess. Go ahead, Ray. He plays in college football right he now. He plays in college football right now. He's a senior. I'll even give you Herbert. another Wrong. Herbert's only a junior oh, this right, year. A junior, not a and senior. Okay. The answer is Jake Browning from Washington at Folsom High School in California. Ninety-one touchdowns in one season. One season. In like fifteen games or something like that. But ninety-one touchdowns, <laughs> like it's nuts. Ninety-one, crazy. And that's another team, by the way. I'd watch out for um, Washington. You know, they they've got a lot of a lot of good players returning this year, and I think they're. As well coached as anyone in the country. I mean, hey, we're going to probably talk about that, you know, in a couple of weeks. But I, I should probably ne- next week. But I 100% agree with you. It's um, they have the corner Byron Murphy. They have uh, the offensive lineman. They got Trey Adams. They got Caleb McGarry. They got Miles Gaskin at running back. They're definitely a sleeper team to, to uh, keep an eye on. And you know that team's had a little bit of that playoff experience. In, in the past now, so it should prepare them going forward. Yeah, as long as they don't see Alabama again. Yeah, uh, I think it was Alabama they ran into and, and kind of got brought to reality. But they were a young team then, if I'm not mistaken. 
yeah, Browning was only a sophomore at that point. So he's a senior now. Took his lumps, you know, in that game in the last year a little bit. Um, see what he's got going on this year. But, Alan, as we finish up the Big 12 here, as Will Greer is our winner, I want to ask you, we've done ACC, we've done Big 10, we've done Big 12. How would you rank those three talent-wise from top to bottom? Who's your one, who's your two, who's your three? I think a Big 10 would be number one. Those coaches they have, your James Franklin, your Urban Meyer, some of those guys are starting to build up that talent pool up there going to the south and getting some guys along with their northern, northeast guys already. ACC probably two, even though Clemson is loaded. I think some schools probably talents a little bit down, kind of like your Florida State. I think they're going to have a little bit of a down year. Um, and then I would go Big 12 number three. Okay. Ray, how about you? I pretty much agree with what Alan just said. Mm-hmm. You know, same, 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 put them in the same exact order. You mm-hmm. know, I think that the talent basically speaks for itself. Ohio State, Penn State, you know. Yeah. Michigan. Mm-hmm. Some top-notch coaches in the Big Ten. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, urban legend, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we have an exciting new segment that we're starting this week. But before we do that, don't forget to follow us on all social medias. Again, Twitter, Inside Hashes. Instagram, Inside The Hashes. And on Facebook, Inside The Hashes Sports Talk. Come talk some football. Do that right now before you forget. I know you're doing other things while you're listening to us anyway. For now on, every week, we're going to do a segment called Big Deal or No Deal. We'll cover the biggest topics in college football from week to week, uh, make some sense of it. We'll cover as many as we can in one week, depending on our time. So we have six topics that I want to go through. We're going to kick it back and forth. We're going to talk if we think it's a big deal or no deal. I'm going to say the topic. I'm going to give you a little context into the topic. And I'm going to ask one of them, big deal or no deal. And they're going to pick one and they're going to explain themselves. So number one, probably the biggest news of the week so far Jake Fromm injuring his broken finger on his non-throwing hand. Why is it a big deal? Well, they have a five-star recruit named Justin Fields who's waiting in the wing. He's been incredible during spring practice and all the way through the summer. There's some pressure on Jake Fromm State Fromm. So, Alan, I'm going to ask you, Jake Fromm's non-throwing hand injury, big deal or no deal? No deal. No deal. Still got some time to heal. It's a non-throwing Injury, so not a big deal to me. All right, Ray, what do you think? Big deal or no deal? Make it quick. No deal. No deal? No deal. No? Even with the five-star in the wing? Five-star in the wing. Going to play over this kid, man. Come on. Oh, I don't know, man. This kid's pretty good. Uh, (laughs) No, they are going to put some special packages in for uh, Mr. Fields. Yes, I agree. I agree with that. I don't think it's a big deal either. I thought it was a big deal at first because I thought he was going to miss significant time. And then I heard it was his non-throwing hand. Exactly. I'm like, oh, okay. They'll find a way or he'll find a way to get on the field. Mm-hmm. You know. Next one, number two. We're moving quick. Virginia Tech, everyone knows that Adonis Alexander was picked today in the supplemental draft. They also just lost another defensive back, Mook Reynolds, who was dismissed from the team this week. So now they're down two starting secondary players after already losing uh, Greg Stroman and and Brandon Faison last season. So, Ray, question to you. Big deal or no deal, the loss of the two? I think it's a big deal. I think you can't lose that caliber of player like that without it making some di- kind of a difference. Alan, what do you say? I would say huge deal. As a former college football coach, if you want to get bad in a hurry – Lose your offensive line or lose your safeties. They lost both their safeties. Big deal. 
Mm-hmm. It's just a depth issue at this point. I mean, how do you get guys that are starting caliber guys and just throw them out there with no experience? Well, you would think, though, it's it's still early. The fall practice hasn't even started yet. I mean, it's just the summer. They have time to groom some other guys to step in. Are they going to be as good as those guys? Probably not, at least not in the beginning. And it is Virginia Tech. Now, they're not – they're a greedy team, but they are not loaded like some of these other top-notch teams. No. Nah. I mean, yeah. they're, again, they're, they're a solid team, but they're not – they don't have a lot of depth, so. All right. So, we think that Mr. Adonis and Mook leaving is a big deal for Virginia Tech. Next one. So, Steve Sarkeesian was – was he had a $30 million lawsuit against USC for wrongful termination. The backstory is he was fired after – uh, incident at a Salute to Troy event in August 2015 where he seemed to be a little inebriated. And um, he went to rehab. He he claims that alcoholism is a disability and he deserves some of the money of his contract back. And they just made a decision, $30 million is not his. Alan, big deal or no deal? Big deal. $30 million for USC not having to pay out, which they don't. Believe it or not, their boosters are, are not as good as the ones in the south and the northeast. That's a big deal. I think he was should have been terminated. He's had some addictions now. I would say no coach that I can think of has been given more and done less than Steve Sarkeesian. Ray, big deal or no deal? You mean big deal as in Well, I'll go the other side of here, okay? It's not I I don't I think it's no deal, but I would say it's no deal because Steve Sarkeesian is still employed in the National Football League. He's still making money. It's not like he just is broke and he's looking for a little extra cash on the side. So I say it's no deal in that aspect. Honestly, as far as the college goes, I don't blame them for not wanting to pay him. He did nothing for that team. And as far as his deal, wah, wah, wah. That's all, okay? And, and in one year, he killed the Falcons' offense. Exactly. <laughs> all right. That is true. <laughs> Another one for our for our partner, Air It Out Podcast. Go listen to those guys. They're great. Not as good as us, but they're pretty cool. All right, so let's move on. I'm going to start this one off. Najee Harris who was a five-star recruit for Alabama, running back. He's considered to be the next big thing. Some people compare him to Adrian Peterson. He considered transferring from Alabama this offseason. Apparently, it was a little taxing on his brain in the offseason. So, I'm going to say no deal here. I think that he is a great running back. I think he's going to be an NFL running back, but Alabama... If they lost a running back or two, they'd still be in good shape. They still have Damian Harris, at least for one more year. I think they're in good shape. Ray, what would you say? Big deal or no deal? No deal. Like you said, don't just plug another guy in. They'll be fine. I mean, would they rather him play? Sure, but bye-bye. How about you, Alan? Big deal or no deal? He's not leaving, so I would say no deal, but someone needs to get that kid checked for CTE because where's a better place to be running back in the country than the University of Alabama? I hear that. Oh, they, they run the football and win national titles. So. I hear that. I'm not arguing with that one, Alan. Very good point. So number five on our list, Shea Patterson signs deal with the Texas Rangers. I think he was like a 39th round pick. Alan, big deal or no deal? Big deal. You got to wonder where his head is. That's your quarterback. He's got to be all in, fully committed. I would say that's a strange deal, but also a big deal. Well, I'm saying no deal here just because he's going to be a junior this year. He's going to be eligible for the draft. I think he's out after this year anyway. Ray, what do you say? I think it's kind of a big deal. I just. Oh, uh, we don't go kind of around here. We go big deal or no deal. Okay, Look it's a big deal. Notes. Okay, it's a big deal. Well, I didn't have clip notes for this one. It's a big deal because, again, <laughs> Where's your head at? You know, you want to play baseball or you want to play football? 
Well, maybe that's for him to decide after this season. Who knows? It just lets you, again, if I'm Alabama, I'm like, what is this guy doing? What are you doing? And he hasn't played baseball since like his sophomore year right. of high school I mean, or it's something. Not like he's, he's not like he's been a star somewhere like last season. Where, where's his head at? Oh, last one for this segment. Alabama's lost two linebackers this offseason. Terrell Lewis, who Allen loved in our ultimate team draft, to an ACL injury, just had surgery today. Well wishes to that young man. It was a tough, tough injury for a guy that I think was an ascending player for this year. And Vendarius Cowan, uh, who was just involved in a bar incident where he got into a fight that required a young man to have seven stitches, broken tooth, and nerve damage. So, Ray, big deal or no deal, Alabama losing two linebackers this early? I mean, it's both. I mean, I, I mean Oh, we don't do both. Uh, we don't do both around here. It's not a big deal because it's Alabama, and they'll find two other guys that are studs too. But it's a big deal because these guys are apparently – at least one is a punk. All right. Alan, uh, big deal or no deal? I would say, first of all, Ray, you got to stand for something and quit getting bossed around at home. But I'm going to say <laughs> Terrell Lewis is a freak of nature. He's like almost a 6'6", 250-pound outside linebacker. It's a big deal to lose two starting caliber linebackers, especially when others go down. But also would like to note that University of Georgia lost all of their starting linebackers from last season. Well, I'm going to say that it's big deal for Allen, okay? I'm going from Allen for this one because, Allen, now Ben Davis is going to play. It's awesome, man. <laughs> ben Davis, my guy. Ben Davis greater than Rashawn Gary. That's it, man. And he's right. going to get his shot to show it now, that's for sure. Last segment we got for you guys before we leave. We're finishing up our draft preview in this preseason edition. 2019 safeties is what we're talking today. I'm going to start it off here. Taylor Rapp is my guy from Washington right now. He's a good all-around player, box safety. He could play a little bit of single high, but he's six foot, 212, solid, smooth athlete, five interceptions the last two years, 110 tackles. I love Taylor Rapp. I think he could be a big nickel. And then another guy that I love, if you listen to our college football ultimate team, Mr. Andrew Wingard from Wyoming, six foot, 209 pounds, three seasons. He has 367 tackles, over 120 per season. 22.5 tackles for loss, three sacks, eight interception. He's all over the place. More of a box safety, but he has played in deep coverage, and he is consistently around the football. Ray, give me a couple guys. Well, I have basically the two guys I think are actually the two best safeties in college football. Um, one is Lucas Dennis from Boston College. He's a total turnover machine. Also had 83 tackles, seven picks. He's just a, a great football player. And the other guy is Jaquan Johnson from Miami. Another guy had 96 tackles, three forced fumbles. Just those guys, can you can do whatever you want with them. You can line them up near the line of scrimmage. You can drop them back in coverage. They do everything. And how good do you think Jaquan Johnson is? Is Jaquan Johnson just the best of a what seems to be a weak safety class early on, or is he actually a stud that would be a top safety every year? Honestly, not going by our vote, he's the best player in his conference is what he is. Allen, you got somebody for me? Yeah, I got uh, Chauncey Gardner, safety from the University of Florida. He's a 5'11", 205 guy. Uh, his versatility really reminds me of a guy like Amika Fitzpatrick from uh, University of Alabama who was drafted by the Dolphins with, I believe, the 11th pick in this year's draft. He's a fast, tough, physical athlete. He's got versatility. He can play safety. He can really play that slot corner, and his best position has probably been outside corner. Got the good ball anticipation, 
I mean, he's actually a threat with the ball in his hands. You know, he returned some kicks and does some things like that. So if you get some interceptions and things, he's a threat to take it to the house. Um, he is a high-energy guy with a lot of swagger that is might turn some teams off in the draft process, you know, maybe like a big market like in New York saying the wrong thing, you know, being a little bit of a loose cannon. He's a real versatile defensive back that I think a lot of teams will like. And it doesn't hurt being a defensive back in Florida the last few years. They churn him out, and Chauncey is just continuing that that line of great safety cornerback plays all around the secondary, like you said. But with that, this yeah, will conclude. Kind of like the Roberts being football analyst, you know, one it's... generation to the next. We just they just keep churning them out, and they keep getting better. They keep so, getting yes, better. they do. They get a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks. All the listeners out there, this will conclude this episode of RPO Podcast. Again, a big shout-out to the School of Broadcasting, Connecticut School of Broadcasting, Tyler Brando, our producer over here. He's doing a great job. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Inside Hashes, on Instagram at Inside the Hashes, our Facebook group at Inside the Hashes Sports Talk. We also have an RPO page on Twitter, RPO Podcast. We are Alan, Ryan, and Ray. We're going to be signing off here. Please join us next week as we talk the Pac-12 and dig into more great football. Thanks.